Many people think that the best way to escape war is to dwell upon its horrors and to imprint them vividly upon the minds of the younger generation. Upon the minds of the younger generation. Upon the minds of the younger generation. In the minds of the younger generation. everyone this is the open table podcast i am aziza gore and i am here with oh i'm sarah the senior ministry assistant for ccw i'm austin william davis <laughs> um and i'm the assistant director of community okay so tell me this um we've already decided long ago that i am terrible at transitions so <laughs> tell me about your history with church uh, this is actually really funny that we're talking about this mm-hmm. um last night uh there's a student leader event that we did and we went to mass and then afterwards we talked about like our church experiences um and just how we're raised and stuff so this is really fresh for me i guess because i just talked about it last night mm-hmm. but um i actually when i was like born and couldn't remember anything besides like just like following my parents. I started at a Methodist church um, and uh, moved on from there to like a non-denom, then a Baptist, then a Episcopalian church, uh, just all the churches, honestly, just because my dad was a worship leader. But yeah, I, I don't know exactly what you're looking for for like church experience, but I can totally go into that yeah. if you want. No, like, um, so you've had super diverse church history what about you sarah so i from the time i was three or four days old until the day after i turned 17 i went to a non-denominational standalone evangelical charismatic church um which sometimes describes itself as Baptocostal, so like Baptist mm. and Pentecostal, kind of fused. Intense. It's a lot. Also, whenever one, it stands alone, so there's not like other churches affiliated. There's no oversight for it. It's mm-hmm. just within itself. It's a self-contained entity. Mm-hmm. But it also had a school, and so I went to the school growing up. Mm-hmm. And so basically, most of my life until I started dual enrolling, um, was centered around the church. I was yeah. there most days. I was probably at the church more than I was at my house, with the exception of Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really intense a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And while it gave me some good things um, in terms of like connecting me to the Bible and God and Jesus, them a lot of the theology they have and still hold to. Um, it's not my current theology that I hold to. Um, and so when I left to go to UNF for college, I went to CCW pretty quickly, but I also hopped in around some other, um, campus ministries for a little bit here and there. I hung out in a Baptist ministry for a while, a couple of non-denoms. Um, but 
ultimately I ended up hanging out with CCW and actually joining the Methodist church. And so mm-hmm. that's been more, my more recent experience the last like three ish years mm-hmm. has been pretty rooted in Methodism. Okay. I'm trying to think of like the homes that you grew up in. Would you say church super affected that? And like the either traditional or like progressiveness of your home? Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I was never not in church. Like, we were always involved. My dad was a worship leader, so we'd be there on Wednesdays. We'd be there on Thursdays for, like, youth group. We'd be there early Sunday morning, sometimes mm-hmm. Saturday as well. Um, and, I mean, we were always participating if it was in the worship or, like, in helping with the youth group. So, like, like as a kid, I was definitely a big Bible thumper and, like, we, we would have, like, my family would have, like, retreats where we'd just, like, turn off all of our phones and, like, do, like, a Bible retreat or, like, uh, like turn on Passion on the TV or something. Mm. And, like, we'd, we'd watch that and then, like, um, like do a Bible study and stuff after that. But, so, yeah, church definitely affected how we went about things. But what I found interesting is the different churches we were a part of really didn't affect that. Mm-hmm. So, you even though I was in multiple different denominations throughout all of my life and moving through those pretty frequently, like sometimes year to year, like our family dynamic with faith and stuff was about the same, mm-hmm. um, which is something I, I actually appreciate um, about my family and our like faith walk for sure. But. Um. So my family is definitely like very, very religious um my mom's dad was a baptist minister and so she grew up moving all over the united states like particularly the southern united states because they were southern baptist um and then my dad's parents were also very religious um and they were founding members of the church i grew up in um and then my dad was an elder in the church i grew up in and my grandfather was and my mom and my dad are on the worship team and teachers in the school well you get the idea like very much like for me, church and family were very much intermeshed mm-hmm. and intertwined. And, like, what was going on in the church very much affected what was going on in our family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what was going on in our family, to an extent, affected what was going on in the church. Mm-hmm. Um, and in some cases, that can become problematic mm-hmm. because what you do has a lot of bearing on the church. And what the church does has a lot of bearing on you. Eventually, I would get to a point um, where I didn't really agree with the church on a lot of stuff, and I didn't want to participate in certain things, Mm -hmm. and I just was choosing to not go to, like, youth group and stuff, right? Like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't that I wasn't going to church, I just wasn't going to the youth group, Mm -hmm. and that was very upsetting to a lot of people, and that my parents received backlash for that. And, like, the thought was, like, oh, are Sarah's parents telling her not to do this? And that's just, that wasn't the case. This was a decision of my own free will. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there were times, whenever it reached a point where I didn't want to go to that church at all anymore. And I only went for the sake of protecting my family. Mm -hmm. And because I, you know, I told my parents, I was, like, if you were not an elder in this church, like, I was, like, Dad, if you were an elder, I wouldn't go to this church anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was... Mostly, I continued to go for the sake of an appearance, mm. and so. When I bet that was, even though all those things were happening, I bet it's still like your community, like. Yes, they were still my community. Like, and I still love them all deeply, and I care for them, and I think they're 
genuinely trying to be good people. Mm-hmm. However, it's hard whenever you don't feel like you can be open with your community. Mm-hmm. Because when you did choose to be open, you just received like backlash and pain and hurt. Interesting. Just kind like, of the script of the church where they're like, right. if you're open and it was against like church culture, they'd yeah. be like, oh, well, we're told to do this, this, and this. And why are you doing that? It's more like judgment. Right. Yeah. It was yeah. a much, it was very judgy. It felt like, and, but at the same time they like tried to prove they were there for me. Mm-hmm. Like whenever I did like go out and like I made friends like at college and stuff, I remember one of them, a woman in leadership who leadership because she's married to someone in leadership um said to me she's like you know your college friends won't always be there for you but we always will mm-hmm. which was like the biggest like really to me because I was like y'all haven't been there like anytime I'm vulnerable with y'all about stuff you just like judge me and hurt me with the information I give you mm-hmm. like or don't entertain my questions like mm-hmm. and so it's it's weird whenever they're supposed to be your family and your community and your actual family is so intermeshed with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like very difficult. Mm-hmm. I can I can definitely resonate with like, it, it sounds like the church asks you to be open and vulnerable, but like the second you are, it's either like A, turn down and be like, oh, just follow the Bible or B, like used against you. Like I, I definitely had a lot of that in my youth groups that I was a part of. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, like, youth pastors preaching very shallow things and then when the deep questions were asked they're like repulsed or like oh my god and like I it's ugh I mean for me even as a kid like I was asking lots of questions and I wanted to know why things were the way they were and I think partially because I've been to so many different denominations and saw that each church has their own way that they're corrupt but also each church gives a different perspective and I was was interested that that was a thing like mm-hmm. you could have different perspectives but then like in the one church they'd be like no like that's not a thing even though it's like the difference between like i don't know episcopalian and like methodist and like there's very close ties to all the different mm-hmm. churches do you think your diverse church background is what helped you like be so lgbtq plus affirming now hmm. i could butterfly effect it back to that i think yeah um, I, I think there's a lot of deconstruction that got me to be deconstru- deconstruction and reconstruction that got me to be affirming and just seeing hurt in the world. And I, I, I mean, when I turned 18, everything kind of got flipped on its head mm-hmm. and it, it not even because of the usual experience of like, and I'm not like saying this is any worse, but like you go to college and you take a bunch of classes and the classes inform you and you're like, Oh wow, I'm informed. I'm going to do this. Like, I went to college, but, like, my first classes were comp two and college success. Yeah. So, there wasn't that much being preached at me, but, like, I I started realizing I have freedom to, like, research and to find information, and the internet is incredible for, like, different opinions and communities, and I started seeing people who were in pain in the church that I knew Mm -hmm. that were... LGBTQ plus. Um, so, I mean, if we're the butterfly effect part of it is I saw that there is freedom to express yourself in different ways. Yeah. I just am thinking about like um, when you're a high school senior in youth group and your church is like college is going to 
corrupt you. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? And like, I mean, by their standards, they're not wrong, right? Like I did. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I did like become that person that they were like, no, 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 stay away from that. And so that's uncomfortable mm-hmm. in some sense. But like, I don't know. There's like a, I wonder if it's easier for people who didn't grow up in the church you know what I mean? And then become affirming. Because it's just like, I feel like for me, it, there's just a lot of, what if I'm wrong? What if they were right? Mm-hmm. Even though it doesn't match with my theology and what I believe God to be, there's like these panic points. Of, yeah. Does that make sense at all? I I think on the, on the topic of like, of college and also tying back to the church, like I feel that like being informed and having information brings curiosity and curiosity makes you want to try things. It makes you want to be more informed and understand more experiences and try Mm -hmm. new things. And like, that's a beautiful thing that the church hardly does. Yeah. Like they make you choose to like either faith or science. (laughs) It's either faith or being informed about the world around you. And one trend I see, and I'm not projecting this onto every church ever because that's a stupid thing to do, but <laughs> like most churches like just project and say that like, yeah, information is going to corrupt and this is going to happen. And most churches avoid the topic and they want to be in the world, but not of the world. And that means that like, they aren't going to be informed of the world at all. Mm-hmm. And they're just going to exist in their own church plane and their walls. And they're going to go do their own missions to talk back to the church and see, say what they did over in Africa. And they're like, look what we did. Like, it's so good. But it's like, are we like trying to actually find out what the world needs from us as Christians? Yeah. Um, I feel like being informed is one of those things. Yeah. What about your journey, Sarah, with becoming affirming? Yeah. Um, so, like, definitely the church I grew up in is not affirming. Mm -hmm. Um, it's definitely this idea of, yeah, like, you're saying be in the world and not of it, and, like, they kind of live in a little bubble, Mm -hmm. and, like, that's very much true, and to an extent, I think they're afraid of outsiders. Um, that may be more of a small town thing, Mm -hmm. that, like, because I grew up in a small town, that maybe that comes from, but honestly, I don't think a lot of them really know anyone who's a member of the community or know that they know anyone. And if they do, they've created a lot of distance between themselves. Um, For me, what sort of happened, because growing up, like it was like, that was just like, no, like that's not okay. Like we don't support that, blah, blah, blah. And I remember having this kind of built up notion in my head that people who were members of the LGBTQ plus community were like bad and like couldn't be happy. And, like, that there couldn't be love there. And then, um, ironically, on a fifth grade field trip with that school, we were in St. Augustine. And we were walking down a street. I can still picture the street. I could probably find it again Mm -hmm. if I wanted to. And all of a sudden, I saw these two guys, like, reach out and hold hands. And literally, I kid you not, the sun, like, shone down on them. (laughs) And in that moment, I was like, hold on. That doesn't look... That looks... Like, wholesome. wholesome and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's, like, yeah. wholesome and sweet. And that looked, like, lovely. Like, this, like it's been kind of rainy and, like, the sun just, like, yeah. I was like, that's, it like, wasn't. It wasn't the picture that was right. painted of punks in right. like the back yeah. alley. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and in that they're doing mo- cocaine. <laughs> exactly. They're like, yeah, let's do this. Let's go be gay. <laughs> like, exactly. Like, like, I was that. like, hold on. Isn't this supposed to be 
like a deviant, like bad thing. And then I was like, that actually like was such a pure like expression of love. Yeah. Just like, yes. and I was like, I was like, and that like the, was the first moment that I kind of remember going, hold on, maybe, maybe this isn't bad. Maybe this isn't yeah. bad. Like I've been told it's bad. Mm-hmm. And then I like, you know, the internet is helpful for like, you know, explaining. Then I was like, I would read things in the Bible and I was like, how does this compute? Like if the greatest thing is love, then like, why, why are we trying to censor what love in whatever form it comes in? Like, yeah. So lots of things like that, and then I like made friends who were members of the community, and like I saw how kind and beautiful and loving their they were, and how much the church had hurt them, and I was like, hold on, why are we hurting people if we're supposed to be spreading God's love? Yeah. Like if what we're doing is hurting people, then maybe we need to reconsider what we're doing, because yeah. like if we value life, like evangelicals say they value life, why are we preaching a theology that has literally killed people? Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. It, it continued to do that throughout <laughs> yes. the ages. Yes. Why are we doing that? Yeah. And so I just, I, you know, dug into my Bible. I, like, looked online. I made friends. I talked to people. Mm-hmm. And, like, I saw the fruit. Like, I saw the love of God in these people's lives and the fruit of their ministry and when they talk and when they speak and when they serve. And I was like, you can't deny that God is at work in their life. Yeah. And their sexuality gender identity any of that none of that is a hindrance to that it gives a new like layer to what they can do like there's a there's a story about a lady who is a part of the westboro baptist church um who was at a rally um and bumped into this person who started talking to her to her and she's holding a picket sign up about like eternal damnation for gays or something is like what it read yeah, and typical typical and she like was approached by this person and like ended up being taken back because his question was wasn't about like the bible's not even real why would you do this like you're doing a whole thing and like going straight for their faith it was like have you questioned this mm-hmm. have you questioned that like maybe you're doing this wrong and it's like, it wasn't convicting. It was like, could, you should look into this. And th- like that small thing changed her whole life. And like, it began her exit out of the Westboro Baptist. Yeah. And I find that's interesting that that, that seems to be the case for a lot of people is the church has these standards of like, you can't question this. You can't do this. You can't do that. And it's like, I, I don't see in the Bible where it, it says I can't do that. Right. Like, where I can't like actually question and work through with God stuff in the Bible right to find a way to apply it in the best way that is most like Jesus yeah like plus like people question throughout the Bible so I don't really don't understand mm-hmm. like where that came from yeah and, and and even seeing stuff in the Bible like John talking about how he ran fastest to the tomb or something he got there first and like that that shows that like there's opinions in there there's yeah. humans in this Bible yeah and, like, I don't know that's a I do, I want to go back to the idea that, like, um, that, like, people who aren't heterosexual are somehow, like, devious, because I remember when I was talking to, um, this is, like, before I came out to a friend, and I was just kind of, like, testing the waters, and, um, just, like, telling her about how my theology was changing, and I was becoming affirming, um, and she just kind of, like, linked um, the LGBTQ community to, like, um, 
what's the word to like being like not conservative sexually if that makes sense like she thought like promiscuous she was like well i mean you can't just go around sleeping with everyone and i was like well i don't think that (laughs) (laughs) those two things like (laughs) you know what i mean like how she like just automatically equated those two things like oh because i can like women that means i'm like sleeping around and it's like you could be not you know yeah. like <laughs> that's yeah. not necessarily the yeah, case per- permissivity doesn't like assign itself to yeah. a specific like orientation like yeah. at all like that's that's a, a different thing yeah but like it's just weird how we like all the connotations that we have yeah there's so many assumptions and it's unspoken mm-hmm. language too it's not ever said blatantly that I mean, in some place it is, it is said blatantly. I was never in a space where it was said blatantly like that, which sometimes I feel is almost worse because it, it like leads people onto a faith that says it's completely like loving of everyone, but Mm -hmm. it it has a very specific definition of what love is and it's limited and it's not modeled after Jesus. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's unspoken language of saying that they participate in these sinful things as yeah. well as, as doing this thing. And we say that that thing is bad and yeah, it's, yeah, I, 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 I definitely hate the, the unspoken things because mm-hmm. so many people have found themselves in communities that seem like they love everybody. And then they're like, Oh, wait a second. Yeah. Sorry. Leave. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, Oh yeah. Toxic. It is, and that's just, like, to the members who aren't in the church. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. for me, as a queer person in ministry, I always get self-conscious about people not, um, like, trusting my, like, judgment, if that makes sense, or, like, my, like, quote-unquote spiritual wisdom, Mm -hmm. Or, like, if God, if I believe that God has said something to me that people won't, like, people feel that I don't hear God. And that could just be, like, a projected insecurity, but, like, I do get that sense sometimes. Um, And so I'm always, like, nervous whenever I'm, like, having a conversation with someone from my past church. Because I did grow up in a very traditional Baptist, evangelical culture, which is... A good time. So much of a good time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard on someone because, like, those people, like, raised you and formed you and were a part mm-hmm. of your community and loved you deeply and you loved them. And, like, to an extent, you still do. And you're grateful for all that they poured into you. Mm-hmm. But you've also now had to deconstruct all that they poured into you and then yeah. reconstruct it. You go into one counseling yeah. session, and you're like, wait a second. <laughs> wait a second. They did all this. I'm like, they ruined me. I'm like, oh, I got to work through all of this now. Like, it's yeah. Like, yeah. It's a thank you, but yeah, Next. moment. <laughs> I don't even, like, the thing is, I'm not even really mad at them. Like, I have a lot of empathy because, like, I get what what they did they did because they really were trying to like follow god the best they could yeah. and yeah. love you the best they could like because in their theology like that's mm-hmm. 
Like they are doing what they're supposed to do and they are doing it. I just wish they'd say that's what they're doing. Like more often than not. Like I wish that's just what they'd say that like, hey, I believe this way. And, and, And the problem is, I think like, I don't know if this is too much, but like the problem is it's for someone to say, I believe this way is to say that there are other ways. I feel like that's why churches don't say that. But like, I just wish like my youth pastor back in the day would say, I believe this way and that these people don't deserve this and they shouldn't be in the church. And like, I'm doing this because I believe that that's the best thing. I wish I could hear that because then it would one start me thinking about the stuff at a younger age and I'd Mm -hmm. start to see the unspoken stuff. And two would help me know like, okay, maybe this isn't the place for me. Or like, I don't know what young me would have done then. Like totally different person. But like, I just wish that stuff was stated. Yeah. I think part of the problem with a lot of Christianity and churches and culture and stuff is that we've decided that there's only this one way Mm -hmm. to believe in God. God's way. And whatever way we are a part of is the way. Mm -hmm. You're a cult. (laughs) like that's it and to some some sense that's what religion sociologically we say necessitates right an us versus them like because if there's doubt in your mind like if there's wiggle room then maybe none of it's right maybe it's all wrong Mm -hmm. like and so people need to hold deeply to that what they believe is true mm-hmm. so that they can be assured and reassured that they're not like that that heaven is a real thing and that they mm-hmm. won't burn or that there's not nothing if that's not comforting yeah mm-hmm. like it's this need and when you have to grind into your beliefs like that it necessitates an us versus them mentality and yeah. so it fosters this like oh well the catholics mm, well the methodists oh, the evangelicals oh the atheists oh. Mm-hmm. like and to an extent also groups that are excluded from certain theologies like the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. Like, because if what we believe is right and we don't want to believe that what we've been doing and saying is wrong, you don't want to believe you've poured your life into the wrong thing, hurting people. And so you have to hold to this us and that necessitates the them of a people. Yeah. There's, there's a big fear of the deconstruction of like, because you're, you've built your whole like person on that. Like I, I feel that on the daily, even after deconstruction, <laughs> yes. like I'm, I'm somehow living in like a lie that is like on my cornerstone. And it's like, if I take that out, I got to start from like scratch foundation again. Yeah. I got to start everything ever. Like that's terrifying. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I understand that, but it's like, you know, what makes that easier is when you don't have to do it alone mm-hmm. and when you can do it with a church community. So it's like, it's one, like the biggest fear I feel like church people have, but also it's the best time and the best place to do that is like mm-hmm. in a church when you have people around you. Yeah. Cause if one person does that, like depending on the church setting, like people will come around them. But sometimes I'm, I'm kind of thinking about toxic past church for me right now. If one person does that, they're like kind of rejected. But like, if this is the whole thing, the church starts like questioning and working through, they're going to make that into a series. They're going to be, okay, let's work through it. Like, but I don't know. I, it's, there's so many parts of me right now that are being like trying to hope for the best in the church. Yeah. And then there's parts of me that are like, burn it all down, man, burn it all down. (laughs) Yeah. And and that, and ever, ever since 18 and a half years old or whatever it was when I started deconstructing and reconstructing, like I've had this burn it down mentality Mm -hmm. and, 
I find myself working in a church space now and I've been working in a church space now for four and a half years and burn it down. doesn't get us anywhere. Mm. It gets us nowhere. Using the things we have been given that gets us somewhere Mm -hmm. and that's a lot less work. Yeah. It's it, it. You have the people there already to work with and talk with. It's a lot of emotional work. I don't say, but we don't have to like form a whole new mm. brand new thing. Like, you know. I, um, there was this woman that, uh, Reverend Haley connected me to who like studied spiritual trauma. Mm. And, um, I was talking to her on the phone and just kind of, you know, vomiting all my <laughs> like, yeah deconstruction um season and she was saying that i had to just like we had to define church for ourselves i'm still trying to figure that out um but just like what is church and that it can be those moments where you're like in deep community with friends or like yeah um in the middle of nature and like just sunshine on your skin you know and I'm still trying to figure that out for me, but yeah. what what would you guys define it as for you? I think for me it used to be diving deep into the book of Revelation. No! <laughs> for me it used to be that. It used to be reading into the bible a lot and like trying to discover everything i could about it and being in bible studies with people um but more recently it has been community Mm. and it's been the natural flowing conversations and the support for each other and the finding new perspectives about things i didn't even know existed Mm. through other people um like I enjoy it so much and it's super educational for me. Mm -hmm. I'm just talking to other people. Um, and I, I feel that like same, same warmth when I first like accepted Jesus into my heart, like that same presence. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's just such a beautiful experience. I, I love being in community because of that, because it's like, I see Jesus in everyone and like, I can, Jesus continues to show himself in those people to me. Mm-hmm. Can you reiterate the question, please? Sure. How do you define church? So, gotcha. That yes. was that was what I needed. I sorry, I got lost in all your stories, and I was like, "What was the core of this again?" <laughs> <laughs> um, I think church is anywhere there's love, mm. like and like warmth and holiness and like a sacredness Mm -hmm. like this sounds so weird there are times i'm sitting in a coffee shop and the sun just kind of comes through the window just Mm -hmm. right and i'm like sipping my cup of coffee yeah and like i'm just like i'm like this just feels like like you know in the bible when god's talking to moses and he's like take off your shoes you're standing on holy ground (laughs) i just like have those moments like in random like aspects of my day i like how often god uses uses a rays of sunshine to speak to you this is amazing (laughs) i really just like need to like look for the sunshine yeah yeah but it's like or i'll like 
again, be like, I'll be at a coffee shop with like friends and we'll be like having this deep theological, intellectual, like emotionally vulnerable discussion. And like, I just like pause and I'm like, this is beautiful. Mm. Or we'll like be, I'll be reading a book and I'll just like read a line and I'm just like, that was just, it's these little moments. Like, yes, there's something to like church, like, in and of itself like there's something beautiful about when we take communion together Mm -hmm. and we have this open table that's welcome to anyone and like you're standing where I go to church on Sundays anyway you're standing in the aisle and there's like these pretty stained glass things and you know sometimes the sun's coming through them (laughs) it always comes back to the sun y'all and (laughs) that's s-o-n and s-u-n for the record Uh. (laughs) um Uh. (laughs) 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 you know Jesus and I, it's a thing. <laughs> but yeah, like it's all the little, it's like sometimes it's like songs even that are like heretical. Mm-hmm. Like Noah Gunderson, I don't know if anybody listens to him. He has a lot of like religious themes in his music, and sometimes it really is kind of roughly heretical. Like there's a line in one that's like, um, if all the heathens burn in hell, do all their children burn as well? What about the Muslims and the gays and the unwed mothers? Mm-hmm. And like sometimes that's like all you can give, like to like God in your prayers. I wonder like, what about all of this? What about all of this pain? What about all of this hurt? What about all of these people that have been excluded from the narrative? What about them? Yeah. And knowing that God is, even if we don't get an answer like through prayer, because I know prayer and stuff is so difficult sometimes for other people, Mm -hmm. like that God is listening. Mm. Intentively like listening and isn't shutting you down and listening to those those whys and those cries and stuff like that's yeah god's like in the moments of honest vulnerability Uh Mm, like i guess you were speaking you guys are speaking about church and i think and in that moment i felt church Mm -hmm. like i just felt so warm and like alive and I think I'm starting to define it. I'm getting a better picture. We actually, um, we were hanging out and I was having an existential crisis as one does when you hang out in company. And there's, and then you like came up to me, Austin on the couch and you were just like, how are you? Right. And I'm like, crisis. And you're like, give me a word, um, of what you're feeling in this moment. And then I said, meaningless. And then you were like, you are not meaningless. And then you went on this whole rant. And it was just like, it was just really special. And. <laughs> I don't know what to say. You don't remember <laughs> yeah. it? No, I remember it. I said, uh, I don't know what to say. You don't have to say anything. Yeah. But like, it, I think that is a really clear picture of what church could be for me. Like those moments you have with other people where, yes, you're like super just honest about where you are in that moment. Yeah. Like just honesty, I think, might be it. It's it's so vulnerable to be honest, too. Mm-hmm. But like just trusting that your community has you. And yeah. Your friends have you and God's going to work through those people. Because if Jesus is in those people, then it's like that will happen. Yeah. Sometimes it's a little rough and sometimes we we translate things a little wrong, but like it's a process. Mm-hmm. And I think 
like talking about how the church has traditionally regarded the LGBTQ plus community. Like maybe what we have to do moving forward is be honest that maybe we didn't get it right. Mm -hmm. Speak truth to the pain we've caused and continue to cause and try to do better moving forward Mm -hmm. and like acknowledge honestly that maybe we didn't know what we were doing and maybe we don't have all the answers and maybe we're still just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks guys for coming on. Thanks for having me. Mic drop. Boom. I never get to actually drop them because they're They're expensive. expensive.